0: Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 117, and our guest is Garrett T. Capps. Garrett is a singer and songwriter from San Antonio, Texas, whose latest record, People Are Beautiful, is a timely sonic celebration of life. It's one of my favorites of the year, and I'm so excited to bring you this conversation Garrett and I caught up by phone recently to talk about that wonderful album, how his music got into the ears of Billions showrunner Brian Koppelman, the fascinating life of former NBA star Matt Bonner, and much more. Y'all, this was as much fun as I've had working on an episode in a long, long time. I'm so grateful to bring you my conversation with Garrett T. Caps. We're
2: all wandering through some kind of delusion We're buying into all the fear and all the blame. We're all suffering through unprofound conclusion. And time and memory will always make it strange. Just stay cool, it's
1: getting better.
0: Just grateful, that, it out. It grateful that you're here. Super grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you stay so much for cool, doing this. I'm getting stoked getting to talk with you, man. Right on. Well, thanks for being uh, down to talk. Yeah, i man. I I've been just like I, I want to get into your to your new beautiful record. People are beautiful, um, and there's just so much to discuss. But um, before we do that, I really want to hear. You've talked about it a lot, but I know my listeners will appreciate it. The story of Brian Koppelman finding Born in San Antonio and you ending up with a song on Billions.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was like uh, probably one of the first kind of trail of breadcrumbs things I've ever endured in this solo career thing I'm in. Um, Basically, I played this official South by Southwest showcase in 2016 to nobody. (laughs) But like, they had these like, I, I, I feel like this is how it works. They had these like official... South by Southwest playlist. And I made it on a few of them. And at the time, like I'd never really had an official playlist thing happen. So I feel that like kind of greased whatever the algorithms were like back then. And uh, a few months later, I mean my listens and followers and whatever you wanted to talk what want to call it went up. And a few months later, Brian Koppelman heard it. On his phone on a plane, like on one of the customized playlists. And uh, he heard my song, Born in San Antonio. And he tried as hard as he could to get a hold of me. (laughs) And like the email on my website didn't work and it kept bouncing back. And like apparently, and he somehow got a hold of me like on Facebook Messenger or something. And we played Phone Tag for like two days. It was just like hilariously. And genuinely like, uh, unprofessional, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, but it, but he ended up, we ended up talking it out, and it, it took some months. I mean, I think that that show came out like a year later, I think. So I was able to kind of like ride the wave of how he used that show. I've gotten some other syncs, how he used the song in the show. I've gotten some other syncs since then where it's just been like complete background music. You couldn't even tell what was happening if uh, you weren't listening or didn't have something, some sort of credits rolling on the screen. But the way he used that sync or the song in the show, opening sequence, season three, episode one, with like Paul Giamatti's like walking down the hall, introducing this new lawyer that's from Texas. It just like, it, it, it was like a noticeable difference in my fan base and exposure after that, which, uh, it's kind of once in a lifetime at that level. I feel like, um, I mean, we recorded that song in that album, like in my friend's home studio, it's like a garage. It was just a trip seeing it in that, uh, used that way on like that big of a stage. And, uh. I still can't live that song down. Like it's done what I wanted it to do when I didn't even know what I wanted it to do when I wrote it,
0: man, that's wild. That's wild. and And that's I want to ask you a little bit about that and talk a little bit sort of about the magic of of music and the way that songs might hit somebody uh, differently than they than maybe you were thinking of of them at the time. And I want to get into that later. But I also don't want to miss a chance. To shout out Matt Bonner, as you do in that song, Gator legend Matt Bonner, Spurs legend Matt Bonner, any song that name drops Matt Bonner is a song that's okay by me.
1: Are you friends with him or have you interviewed him before?
0: So No, but I had Tai Chi class with Matt Bonner at the University of Florida circa 2000 um, or 2001. And it was wild because he was a superstar, you know, but he was in my Tai Chi class and we had this moment where we were kind of, you know, we were talking about getting in touch with ourselves and understanding ourselves or whatever. And first of all, just seeing a man that large doing Tai Chi is like something that you try not to you try to be cool about in the moment and not like stare at. But also his he's just a real thoughtful dude from what I gather and from that was the experience at the time. And he was telling the story about how he's from Connecticut, I think, and how there's a picture of him in when he's a kid, like a pretty young kid wearing a Florida Gator shirt. And nobody in his family remembers why he has that shirt. Nobody in his family went to Florida. There's no connection otherwise to Florida. But fast forward 15 years later, and he's a superstar basketball player at the University of Florida. So I don't know. I don't know him, but I I've have had an intimate moment with Matt Bonner.
2: Wow, that's really cool. Can you hear me? I switched to headphones. Yeah, that's way better, dude. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I be. I, I mean, I've I have a uh, talked to Matt Bonner, and we've hung out a few times. I haven't talked to him in a while, though. We kind of lost touch during the pandemic, but he's oh, a cool. big uh, music fan. So, yeah, like I he'll come out to shows every once in a while that i'm part of and
0: uh yeah that rocks yeah that man he would be a great guy to get on the show i did not know that about him that's awesome yeah
2: Um, like random people every once in a while because i i have a venue and i book shows in san antonio and and uh every once in a while he'll come out to a show i'm like or they'll he'll be on the list for a show that uh I'm part of like Strand of Oaks. He was on the list for Strand of Oaks. Or oh, cool. Erd. I was opening for Deer Tick like eight years ago, and he was like on the list. So,
0: Man, you're just you making a dream guess. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. But, uh, that's cool. If somebody like... When when somebody like Brian Koppelman... I mean, I, Brian comes up on the show because I'm a huge fan of his. He's kind of one of my heroes if somebody like Brian Koppelman who discovered Tracy Chapman and was like a part of the signing of fucking D'Angelo and is like, you know, on top of being writing rounders and being so successful as a writer, otherwise, but for him, like, did it, does it hit different when somebody like Brian Koppelman who is so well respected in the music industry and who was kind of a big wig in the music industry at a time when there was a music industry where there were big wigs, Um, all over the place. And that was, and and the gatekeepers were people like him for him to be so enthusiastic about your song that he's going to Facebook messenger to try to find you. Does that hit any different from any other feedback you get? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was absolutely mind
2: blowing. I remember sitting in my like little second bedroom of my apartment at the time, talking to him on the phone. I'm just like, I was so ridiculously green and, uh. Mm, mm and just excited (laughs) and i looked
1: him up and i was like holy
2: shit (laughs) i was way familiar with all the stuff and like and i do reflect on that like like uh i swear him saying is there any way i can help you what do you need wow i'm gonna use your song in my show and i and i like i was like well man that'd be cool if you could use your song in my show (laughs) in his show but like the way he used his song was such an immense help. Like, like it is pretty mind blowing. Like, I don't know what it means as far as him enjoying the song with his background all the way. I think it's just really cool that he did.
0: If you okay, so it sounds like in that moment you might have been caught a little bit flat footed by him saying, "What, what could you do? What can he do for you?" If you had that moment to do it over again, is there anything you might? Like, are there any lessons there of how you might have handled it differently? Or do you think the way you handled it was how, if you had a do-over, you would exactly handle it?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think I handled it the way I needed to. I mean, at the Talk time, about, like, I don't yeah, think yeah. I'd ever really, like, been on a, played shows out of Texas before, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Damn. I was kind of just, like, learning how to navigate. I mean, I'm always learning it's the nonstop thing, but like, I, I just like, it was awesome the way it happened. Cause uh, I was able to release self-release my next record around the time that song um, came out and that got me like a lot of help. Mm. And that took me to Europe. That album took me to Europe for the first time. And uh, you know, there's was all this weird shit that happened around the compliment thing that like, I wouldn't trade any of it. It's like, it's all pretty cool.
0: That's great, man. I'm so glad it happened. I'm so glad for you. And and it's a great fucking song too. So I'm glad people got exposure to it. Thinking about that and the, you know, what has happened since, um, did the Shiftlet thing where you were on his show and ended up, if I'm not mistaken, getting to play with him, was that, that's later, right? That's after the billions thing. Yeah, that was a few years later. Okay. Um, do you think that kind of moment happens without the billions thing? Uh,
2: I don't know. I uh, I'm trying to remember that. I mean, the Foo Fighters were like my favorite band when I was a kid, and I was well aware of who Chris Shiflett was. Yeah. But I I ended up sending him that album in the shadows again. Hmm. And I'm sure it all worked together, but he was, like, really, really into that album. So we kind of became, like, friends. I actually, like, I booked him in San Antonio. I mean, at the time, he was was definitely, like, that was, like, 2018, I think. He was definitely uh, really riding the wave of, it seemed like he had a lot more free time that year. So he was doing like a lot of solo stuff and a lot of podcast stuff, and uh, I like hung out with him in Texas a few times, and we played with him in LA, and I did his podcast. And it had something to do with the, all of that working together, I would say.
0: So I, I asked that question, and I, I feel like now that I'm saying now that I'm about to say what I'm about to say, it sounds like a gotcha thing, but it didn't mean to be that way. I the reason I asked that question is just because like doing this research. I mean, don't tell my other guests, but doing this research has been some of the most fun I've had diving into an artist's catalog and his story his or her story, their story. And like getting like some of these threads are just so fascinating to me in your life and how many how they've all sort of come together, especially come together in in the the, the new record and how it sounds and the hopefulness of it. And so I, you know, I, I, I asked that just cause I'm curious whether you think that that moment with, with billions made a difference. Cause I just feel like the work you've been doing, man is undeniable. And I just think that ultimately it would have, you know, would have reached the masses one way or, or the other, but I'm just curious if you were conscious of that. Cause to me, it's just so fucking good that it would have been, it's going to get out there eventually, you know?
2: <laughs> well, thanks so much, man. That, that means a lot. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm always kind of like, that's something I've been working on is, is really trying to be grateful for anything that's happening or has happened mm. while moving forward. Cause I, 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 I kind of like, uh, I can get caught up in the, just like hustle of trying to move forward, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, especially you do it all yourself, right? plus you're running a venue,
2: yeah, yeah, and then like the whole like side of booking bands and having friends and that are all like doing their own riding their own wave or whatever you want to call it, and I feel like the other side of my passion for working with music, it does have to do with booking bands and stuff, and hmm. that can that's kind of like an industry, like the live music industry is. Is known to jade music, right? Music lovers, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, sometimes I'll have these, like, kind of like moments where I'm find myself comparing my position in my own music career to others or objectifying my success. And it's just that can get really depressing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not really a mindset that I like finding myself in,
0: dude. A hundred percent. I mean, like just talk about my little corner of the of the creative world and and the music world more specifically. We were just talking about Chris Shiflet. I mean, what he does isn't the same thing that I do podcast wise, but um, I'm not going to be competing with the guitar player from Foo Fighters. (laughs) You know, like I just it's not going to get to that point more than likely, even though I feel like, you know, I can hang in terms of the work that I do in this realm um with all of great respect to what he does uh podcast wise i love his show um but if i if i get in the business of comparing myself to chris Shiflet, who's in one of the biggest bands in the world um that's not healthy that's not going to get me anywhere that's not going to continue to grow the thing that i'm doing
2: yeah i mean it's cool to observe and take note and whatever but somewhere in there I- I'm guilty of, of doing that, and yeah, it's pretty counterproductive. Of uh, just comparing whatever, everything, everyone's different.
0: How do you structure? On that note, how do you structure your your life? Like, with all of those things that you're that you are responsible for, how do you balance all of those things? Like, what what does what does like the nuts and bolts of you? making sure that you are continuing to pursue your solo career. You're playing with other bands, you're booking bands, you're running a venue. Like how, what, what do you do to sort of keep all of that going? <laughs> what, what are the sort of nuts and bolts of your day that keep all of that going? Uh,
2: well, it's kind of all just a mess, really. <laughs> I mean, I have normal priorities, but I don't have like a family to support or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? Like at this point in my life, so I'm kind of just always been in the last few years just kind of trying to make it all work together. I mean, my my, uh, my personal songwriting and wherever wherever my musical quote-unquote career is going is pretty much my most important thing to me right now mm-hmm. other than just like general health <laughs> right but, right, and sometimes those two don't go together very well right but uh i don't know it all works together somehow like like i worked for an audiovisual company for almost 10 years in san antonio mm-hmm. and that was like my my day job and somehow like everything just works together to where like even my day job like had something to do with my passion Mm -hmm. and like throwing shows or needing some gear to go play some shows or whatever. So, uh, I don't know right now. I mean, sometimes it just feels like, uh, like a total cacophony of this organization, but if I get some good songs out of it and play some good shows, then, uh, I think it's, I'm doing what I I need to do.
0: <laughs> okay, so what does process look like for you? Are you a get up and do the work person? Are you a right when the muse strikes? Like what does the the songwriting process look like for you?
2: Um well It's kind of in the, in the same vein, but I didn't really write I didn't really write a whole lot this year. Um okay. but we went to Europe for about a month in May, and I got home and I had all these ideas from being on the road. Um, and I I did start a process that I'm still in, and and in, uh, June through maybe August or September, I, I had a pretty pretty good regimen going uh, in the mornings. Um, and I still have this process going, but I'm not really like. I'm not doing the 20 minutes a day thing at the moment. I tend to write per album, it seems. Mm. Or uh, I have to have some sort of event or end project in mind for me to just like start writing songs. Then I'll write in batches.
0: Okay, so did something happen in Europe? Like It sounds like you when you came back from Europe, I know a lot of times a trip for me will do that anyway, just kind of give, get me out of my routine and and out of my comfort zone of my home and everything and then when i go somewhere i come back and i'm ready to put pen to paper was there like a moment where you went all right i'm going to start this kind of daily practice or did something happen that sparked it
2: well europe was really cool and it's amazing that uh i've been able to go over there like at this point i've gone over there five times it's been like two festival fly-ins and three tours of just like, kind of like anchored in the Netherlands. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know, it kind of lit a fire under my ass. It felt a little to no one's fault. I mean, just due, due to events of the last two years, two and a half years, the, the tour felt a little a little disorganized in some ways as far mm. as like managing the purpose of going on tour because <laughs> yeah. i made records including people are beautiful um during the pandemic with no like real objective in mind other than just to make an album but uh I, I, that was also my album i love san Antone," which came out like a year ago so when we went over there, I love San Antonio was like what everyone wanted to hear, but I didn't even have I had my band NASA Country with me. And <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it just felt like this kind of like strange career mismanaged thing. Um and I think I think also like we, we drew pretty good num we drew about the same numbers at these headlining shows that we did in 2019. And talking to the promoters when we got back home, they were saying, yeah, things have been weird because of uh, the pandemic and all that. But uh, I don't know. It was just uh, kind of motivated me to get back home and write some some songs for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Man, that's it. It's really interesting, especially... Like, I've spent just a ton of time with People Are Beautiful, and I want to get into that in a second and why... And how much it has meant to me over the last few weeks and especially the last few days as I'm getting ready for this conversation. But before that, before we get into that, um, it, it is sonically you alluded to it. It is sonically quite different from your other stuff. There's certainly through lines that are in commonalities to your other stuff, but it's a, it's a different thing. So what is that like? for the live show going forward cuz one of my notes here was I'd love to hear this record live. Like I would I'd love to hear the whole damn thing top to bottom live, you know. Oh. Um but like going forward, what does that look like for your live show and how conscious are you especially having had that experience in Europe of like sort of what people are going to expect to hear versus maybe what you're ready to play? Well,
2: I think the the album "People Are Beautiful" like one really cool thing, one positive thing that happened during the pandemic was before twenty twenty. The guys in Nested Country, which were like my core San Antonio band, really good friends of mine. They, uh, you know, they've played on my albums, but it was never like this whole thing we wrote together. It was like I wrote the songs, and they'd learn them, and then we'd go in the studio. Or they'd guest star on something in the studio. But uh, during 2020, like once things felt safe enough to meet up, we didn't have any shows going on, so we started practicing once a week because that's all we like really could do. Or just hanging out. Hmm. And uh, we ended up deciding to work on new shit. Mm-hmm. And we wrote People Are Beautiful and Books and Studio Time in December of 2020. So like throughout the year, we just kind of developed this whole new way of working together and writing songs and uh, as a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of like, that all started with this album. And I mean, mm. that was two years ago. So I mean, we've come a lot further since then yeah and and basically those guys like are really it sounds kind of like the album we're always kind of like morphing but uh it's definitely like a spacey psychedelic event when we play and i try to like make sure venues know that <laughs> it's T. caps and NASA country if they're with me because mm-hmm. i think down down the road I definitely want to try and continue to separate that experience from whatever the other Garrett T. caps experiences.
0: Okay. Very cool. You know, I, I had it on here to ask you about whether or not you recorded it live. Cause that's how it feels. It feels like, it feels like these songs were just sort of like one take sort of thing. Everybody in the room together, you know, is how it feels. Um, so what was it recorded like that? And then also like, do you have that sense? I mean, what you just told me, it feels like you guys were really just sort of on the same wavelength.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, basically what happened was uh, all the, the acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass and drums are all live. And then mm. some of the synth stuff's live, but like we got this really killer hookup at the Sonic Ranch. Uh, south of el paso Mm -hmm. like legendary residential studio and uh that's that was what we where we recorded the album so like we did because we'd rehearsed the songs and written them together we kind of knocked those out like the first day and we had four days there so we we spent the rest of the studio session doing vocal overdubs and also just like like uh, doing some crazy overdubs and like kind of experimenting in this world-class studio, which was like a really awesome experience for a independent band. I mean, yeah. it's not very normal to be able to have free time in like a really high-caliber studio.
0: And that's awesome. These days.
2: And I think it is worth mentioning that, like, a big time part of the band is my friend Justin Boyd, who is a modular synth artist. (laughs) So he like processes both guitars and creates all these soundscapes. And, uh, obviously that's all over the album.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it stands out and it's, it's part of what I, what I love about the record. You know, there's these times, and I think most of us listening, uh, and thinking about these things, can relate to the idea that there are just times when a record comes to you when you need it, like just whatever the universe is giving it to you there in that moment for whatever reason. And this is one of those times where this record, even like I said, I've been listening to it, um, since it came out pretty consistently. And then this week just kind of diving deeper as I got ready for our conversation. And this this weekend, I went to the Florida-Georgia football game. I always go with some friends, and it's just something I've done forever. And for folks listening, like Florida-Georgia football game, if you're not familiar, it's played on a neutral site in Jacksonville, my beloved Jacksonville, Florida. And it's a homecoming. It's a chance to, like, catch up with people you haven't seen in forever. Um, and in, in recent years, that's become more difficult. Uh, and the reason it's become more difficult is because – it has become very political everywhere you go and i don't shy away from politics at all but i do despise fascism and our governor here is as john doe put it on this very show like a uh, comic book villain and i did not expect him i figured he'd be there of course right he's the governor he's going to make an appearance but he did the coin toss and uh, I didn't expect that to happen. A, opening coin toss, and B, I was floored by the reaction. It felt like I was in "It Can't Happen Here" by Sinclair Lewis, or The Hunger Games, or or some old video of of a fascist gathering, and it was terrifying to me. And I didn't handle it very well. Um, I I started yelling, all you fascists bound to lose. Some words were exchanged between me and the people around me. Um, and I'm not proud of how I reacted. But when I listened to Getting Better today, which is huh. the, the first track on this record, yeah. it was just like, holy shit, I needed that coming off that experience. I, it just like hit me today. I went for a walk and I had my earbuds in and I was just re- listening carefully to the song and there's just so much beauty and hope and then what like two yeah two songs later rip out the darkness is like a little bit heavier (laughs) in its uh in its approach to that hopeful feeling but that's what i needed too it was a catharsis right that i that i needed to hear in that moment so i'm not even sure there's a question in there other than just to say thank you for this record and like i'm just so grateful that it hit me at the right time
2: oh that's awesome to hear i think uh yeah, we've been sitting on this record for a while, so we have kind of been in our own heads about it. So it's it's been really cool to get feedback like that. Um, now that it's out in the world, and yeah, it is like an overtly positive record. It, I think that that was what I felt like doing that year. <laughs> I mean, I still feel like that, but like it's very obvious on this album.
0: Well, and, and that's again, I like to to speak to the power of music. I mean, this record you record it a couple of years ago and like, and and the themes are still so necessary and, and they came into my life at a time when I needed it probably more than I have in, in many years, like more than in a long, long time, I needed rip out the darkness. I needed getting better. I needed I mean, all these songs, man. It, I mean, when it ends with people are beautiful and just like everything about that, just, it's just an honest song. And, and it's just so, um, but it, and it is also so gorgeous and then such a beautiful way to end the record. I also love how there's like, you know, there's a tight kind of four minute song. And then there's, you know, a 700 or 700, seven minute, 50 second song, right? There's like, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, you're sick when you're six songs deep in this record, a better place goes six and a half minutes. And it feels and it feels like it should. It feels like that's what should happen in that moment. And that's not necessarily what i've you know what i expect all the time when i'm listening to records because that's not what i'm getting but i love it dude
2: right on thanks well i forgot that song was seven minutes
0: yeah with uh, it within it all is like almost eight minutes long yeah that's long too yeah yeah right on yeah um but it's but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel long right it's just like i i was just kind of like where am i in the record because that's and i think that speaks to the process that, that you had was that, um, it just sort of, um, it flows so well, the whole record flows so well that it doesn't, you don't notice that that's a seven minute and 50 second song. It just feels like this is the part, this is this part in the record. Yeah, for sure. So with the writing process now with NASA country and specifically with people are beautiful, but even just going forward, um, are, are you think like, before you said that you would write the you would write the songs basically and bring them to the boys essentially right or bring them to the band um is is that like now are you all sitting together and brainstorming ideas or what does the process look like um, differently with a record like people are beautiful
2: well when we started meeting up weekly like we would like kind of there'd be like a drone going or someone would kind of be riffing around and like right when we were all arriving and we'd like be we'd somehow like when all the instruments were ready we'd find ourselves in some sort of improvisational jam and they started getting pretty good so we just hit record and then like I would take that with me home and then I would listen to some of the ones that stuck with me after a practice and like like, within it all happened that way. Like, hmm. like, our bass player was playing that bass riff. Mm-hmm. So the next practice, I uh, was like, that riff sounded really cool. I kind of thought maybe, maybe we could uh, build on it. And that's kind of our process. And then, like, lyrically, I'll just have my, my laptop with me, and I'll open up some Google Drive file of some rambling words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a lot of those, and we'll just see what sticks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I would say like the process for that band it revolves a lot around just kind of improv and like trying to capture the moment while it's happening, and
1: and then I can kind of
2: one of us will hear something cool and, and try and focus in on it.
0: Man, that's great! I love it! I love it! Um, I posted that i was gonna get to talk to you and or maybe i just posted about the record and great friend of the show jerry david desica um mentioned that you guys had worked together on a record is there like a shelved jerry david desica produced record sitting yeah. out there what's the story with yeah, that, that is. <laughs>
2: well it's an awesome record i just uh i recorded it with him um in 2019 we finished it in two thousand twenty, and I just don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. We like we made this album.
0: <laughs> yeah, I made all yeah. these
2: albums that felt I felt like making at the time, and then I felt like releasing them. And that and that album is really solid. I just I'm not sure what to do with it at the moment.
0: Yeah, uh, I hope. I you- mean,
2: it's gonna see the light of day. It's like an awesome okay.
0: record, and
2: I learned so much working with Jerry. And, He's a really good friend he's a good friend of the band but that uh that process of making this record with him is really cool so one day it's gonna be released it's just uh you know we gotta figure out when
0: man i I'm looking forward to hearing it someday i i he he was on the show a couple years ago and um he seemed to kind of describe his process as sort of like you know signing on with people he really believes in and then getting out of their way sort of was how he sort of uh described his production process so that 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 sounds like uh that would be the rest a recipe for success if he just had some thoughts here and there and um and otherwise it was you guys doing your thing sounds like a a great marriage uh, yeah it's like yeah. it's a it's a
2: solo record like i kind of chose a different band to be on it and- it's very like lyrically driven. Mm. I mean most of my records are, but this one the songs are are Jerry's a song dude, so he helped me a whole lot
0: mm. focusing in
2: on like what the songs lyrics lyrical content is uh is about and all that. Um yeah. I, I think that he did get out of the way. Uh, on the album we made together <laughs> but what i was doing i'm not sure what i was
0: doing to be honest in some ways <laughs> well i think uh, that that speaks to like jerry's got a good ear you know and and a lot of respect for for great talents and he again i think i think that's just a testament to him, him believing in you right is that is what yeah. it sounds like to me it sounds like he he seems to have that kind of an approach to the way that he works with people so that's a hell of an endorsement of of what you do
2: Yeah, I mean, he lives north of San Antonio. San Antonio music scene and art scene is pretty—it's pretty small, and uh, there aren't like a whole lot of people that are kind of doing creative songwriter stuff like outside of town. Hmm. So, like, or in and outside of town for that matter, or like touring and whatever you want to call it. Some point in time, I found out Jerry lives about 15 miles north of san antonio and uh we became friends and i mean we talk about warren Zevon and all that shit all the time
0: right right yeah he's kind of encyclopedic in his knowledge of all kinds of music um so we are uh, uh diy around here and so there's a minute 47 left on this zoom meeting because we don't be paying for the uh right on <laughs> for the other but if it cuts off on us, if you don't mind like two or three more minutes, if we can just start it back up, if you just log cool. into the same link, that would be great. But I don't want to take too much more of your time. We just always end on uh, the art that has you inspired at the moment. Maybe a record you've been listening to painting. You've seen like TV show, maybe that you're into um, like what's got yeah. you fired up.
2: Well, I think I'm not alone. Uh, but I did host Daniel Romano's outfit at my bar in San Antonio, the Lonesome Rose, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they just totally leveled the house. I mean, they're like an amazing band. And uh, it was so damn cool and inspiring to me. that uh, it just, it was awesome. But the, I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Romano and the outfit. Uh, I mean,
0: I know who Daniel Romano is, but I don't know well enough to like speak on you know speak on his work. well they got they have this new thing called the outfit it's like okay. carson mccone
2: and him and then I'll, i keep spacing on her name but I'll, let me look it up real quick okay uh juliana Riolino. okay is in the band and she just came out with an al- a new
0: album
1: the marrow
0: all right, so you were saying Juliana, Jul- Juliana
2: Rialino. Her, the album's called All Blue. Okay. She's a member of uh, Daniel Romano's outfit. It's pretty. It's pretty stunning country rock. She's a really awesome performer. Cool. And uh, also, I think about a year ago, I just like really obsessed over the Meat Puppets. So,
0: all oh, right, on. I'm always
2: always listening to the Meat Puppets. All, all eras of the meat puppets, and yeah. uh,
0: that's a fun suggestion to revisit. It's been forever, for me.
2: Yeah, and I was gonna say something else, but I kind of spaced.
0: Uh my bad. Three off. But uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. There's so much music happening all the time. I've seen so many awesome shows this year. Uh, it feels really good to be able to see live music, dude, for consistently. Real?
0: Yeah. It's, it's such good medicine. I'm still sort of skittish when I'm out in public, even though I've mostly gotten over, you know, my anxiety about being back in the world. I think at this point it's not about COVID so much as just getting back to being a social person. And, um, but I've been going to shows and dude, it's good medicine every time. Who have you seen lately? Gosh, lately. Um, so I went to Swanee. I I always uh, go to spirit of the Swanee music park and cover the roots festivals. And um, there were just so many great performances. I mean, Jim Lauderdale plays every year. Peter Rowan plays every year. All these kind of nice. legends, you know, and yeah. music. I just, well, just it's maniacs with Rowan this year. I don't think so. Um trying to remember. I don't think so this year. I'm trying to think because he. I always forget he brings different bands every time and I always forget who he's got. I think it was, no, it was Peter. It was the Peter Rowan. It was his bluegrass band
2: yeah you'd know it if it was the maniacs they got accordion and bajo and all that yeah
0: yeah it was, it was his bluegrass band um and then uh um just like i mean that that whole festival every uh, uh seth walker plays every year he plays several sets oh cool um one of my favorite things that you'll ever see live is when jim lauderdale plays with donald the buffalo it's just it's the it's just the best fucking show man it's just like i wish he was like always with them you know i mean i love what they do too but i just they're everybody on stage is so such a great player like and and his songs are so fucking good it's just so much fun to see them live and they and they love each other you know they're just they're clearly happy to be on stage with each other so that was that was the most recent thing that i saw that was just a ton of fun um and then uh i saw kevin morby i saw kevin morby yeah um i interviewed elizabeth moen do you know her oh no she has a record coming out by the time we release this uh my conversation with her will have been released and her record will be out um she was singing in his band and i interviewed her the day before i didn't even realize that she was in his i knew she had been touring with him but i didn't realize she was going to be with him then Um, so they played Jacksonville, uh, earlier this or last month. And, um, yeah, dude, like, I mean, he is just, I, his, his record, this is a photograph that came out this year. It's one of my favorites of the year and the live show for folks listening. If Kevin Morby and his band get near you, go see them. Um, just a great, great time, man. So those are a couple that stood out to me the last month. I've been pretty fortunate.
2: Right on. Yeah, I saw, speaking of Jim Lauderdale, he wasn't with her, but uh, I saw Lucinda a few weeks ago. Oh, cool. Um, and that was kind of – I went out of my way to see her at the State Fair of Texas in Dallas. Yeah. But, uh, man, that was a – I've seen her before, but I wanted to go see her again. It had been a while.
0: I got to see her – I'm trying to think how long ago this was. Um, I got to see her on a, a co-headline bill at the Plaza Live here with the drive-by truckers oh man (laughs) it was killer dude it was so much fun
2: i did i did read uh i did read that new drive-by truckers book um i forgot who wrote it but
0: so i don't know you, you might know the guy that wrote it he was on my show okay yeah 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 it blew
2: my mind i bought it a year ago yeah. And I picked it up a few months ago. And like, I'm a, that's like one of the, my biggest influences and favorite bands. Yeah. And uh, that book just blew my mind, like as a fan and an aspiring country
0: rock musician.
2: <laughs> right. It's just like enormously influential and a really well written, well written book.
0: He's a, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad that, that you got to read it. I re- listen to my episode with him. If you get a, a chance, Steven Dusner is his name. And the book is called where the devil don't stay traveling the South of the drive-by truckers. Um, and then Stephen also recent, somewhat recently wrote, um, wrote a piece about SG Goodman and right. her new record is probably my favorite thing I've heard. And I don't know how long, I mean, it's just, I'm just so crazy about that. About that record,
2: yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, um, I got to see her live in Sweden.
0: Oh, cool! Somewhere
2: else, uh, she was solo in Sweden with a full band at um, the Nelsonville Music Fest. I went to that this year.
0: Cool, that's but, awesome, uh, man.
2: Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to
0: see her. I was gonna catch her at Americana Fest, but I didn't get to go.
2: Right on. The other American- thing I was trying to remember that I've, I'm like. I've been obsessed with this album for years now, but it's an EP by this, I guess it's just like a one time, one album project called the County Liners. Okay. And uh, it's this, I forgot the name of the guy. Her name is Mary Jane Dumphy and she has like a post-punk band. I think they're based out of New York or Portland. I don't know enough about them, (laughs) but uh, I listen to this album all the time. It's called the County Liners cool and uh it's just like five songs i think and it's just this like really really raw and beautiful and cool kind of punk rock country thing okay. and uh, it's just like it's like right up my alley these days just kind of that gnarly roots rock punkers trying to make country music the best they can yeah yeah kind of
0: yeah, I mean, that's stuff. I gravitate toward that stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, we were just talking about the drive by truckers. Like, I, I think, you know, the first time and this that's my introduction to that kind of thing was Lucero 20 plus years ago or right. whatever. Um, but yeah, I did, just something about the rawness of it, the authenticity of it. The it's just uh, I, I'll have to check that record out. That sounds like a, it's totally up my alley. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's really just like it's a pretty cozy listen it's really cool
0: nice and uh right on man dude thank you Uh, this is such a pleasure i'm so grateful for your record i'm so grateful to get a chance to connect with you i'm so grateful for your time and energy this was super fun and i'm super excited for folks to hear this conversation
2: well thank you uh i hope that you come have you ever been to like san antonio texas before
0: man not since i was a kid I've been to Austin a few times. I've been to Dallas a few times, Houston a few times as an adult. But uh, I haven't been to San Antonio, and I need to make a trip.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to come by. You never yeah. know that. Well, The place that I run is called the Lonesome Rose. We're a small little venue. But uh, we'll book we'll some road shows from time to time. And uh, it's a cool Texas hang. If anything, San Antonio is pretty cool. I'm obviously a fan.
0: Right, yeah, I'll have to keep an eye on. I, one of the things I like to do is is find a show somewhere i have not I haven't been, you know, and then just fly yeah. out there, you know. Like, like I've been to Texas plenty of time, but not San Antonio. So as an adult, so that that would be a perfect destination, man. Especially like you know, I like to go hiking too, and you're not too far away from. Well, I don't know, maybe you are too far away. Yeah, and all so, that. Yeah, no, right there. Okay, that's what that's what I thought. So yeah, that would be maybe plant plan a little outdoor trip to around a show that sounds like a great plan
2: right on <laughs> well yeah well cool man well thanks jason How yeah man i really appreciate it
0: well likewise Gary. it was I re-
2: awesome talking to you getting to know you a little bit
0: likewise man i'm, I'm grateful for this
2: i've been getting by with hope. Positive at least while I'm away A little
0: garrett t caps y'all thank you so much garrett thank all of you for listening garrett t for all things garrett his website is a gas and worth the trip on its own y'all of course it is he's such a quirky and thoughtful and interesting guy the song you are hearing in this episode is getting better that's from that wonderful record people are beautiful that we talked about this song during the episode y'all um I just needed this record. As I mentioned in my conversation with Garrett, it hit me at the right time. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the for the beauty and power of music and for the music that Garrett is making. Marinadepodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're also kind of on TikTok. I'm about to give up on that, I feel like. Also on YouTube. We um, I'm going to do more with the YouTube going forward so if you don't already subscribe to us on youtube we'd really appreciate that as well it's youtube.com slash at marinade podcast subscribe and give us a five star rating on your podcast app make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss anything tell a friend about the show these are all free ways to support the marinade and we're so grateful for all of that support, it has led to some amazing things, such as we have conversations with Corey Brandon, who's returning to the show. for the, This will be his first on his own. Last time was with John Snodgrass several years ago. And uh, Hayes Carl, y'all. And we just recorded these last week. Are you kidding me? I'm incredible conversations. Um, we're back to doing some in person and I'm so thankful that we have Zoom and, and phone and we can you know, connect across time zones, but there's just no substitute for being in the same room with somebody and, and, and getting to, to look them in the eye and to, to kind of exchange that energy. So I'm so grateful that we're back doing it again. Thank you all for supporting this thing. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, in fact, I'm going to tell you some good news about that. You can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show Jason's Journey where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into making the marinade, what that process looks like. I also post what I'm getting down on, which is an examination of the art that is inspiring me at the moment. Sometimes we get together for Patreon happy hours where we're overdue for that page patreon.com slash marinade podcast if you're interested what i've decided to do everybody is uh you know patreon is a place where you can support creatives right and it usually has tiers so for two bucks a month you get this for five bucks a month you get that whatever it might be what i've decided to do is make everything available for two dollars a month if you can swing five or ten or more that's amazing. I'd be so grateful. But I was just looking at it, I was thinking like, if everybody who listens to the show could pitch in two bucks a month, it would just make an enormous difference in the the amount of time I can spend on the show, that the things that we can do in terms of me traveling to places, uh, interviewing people at festivals. Um, going to wherever an artist is, even if it's not a festival. It could just be going to wherever they live while they have time off and see if they want to grab lunch, those kinds of things. Plus an upgrade in, in the way that we record. I'm really proud of this thing. It's DIY. We've built it from the ground up. But there's always room for improvement. And you always want to continue to grow. For just 2 bucks a month, we can make a huge different. So if you can swing it, we'd really appreciate it. As always, this show will continue to be free though. If you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, you can always Venmo or PayPal us just at the marinade on both of those platforms and all the money goes right back into making the show. Check out our uh, new weekly title playlist. It's not all that new anymore, I guess. Marinade Musings. I've been posting it on our socials, um, but if you go to title and you type in Marinade Musings, they should pop up. So uh, check that out. It's just stuff that I'm letting marinate. And I try to update that about every week or two uh, when I get fired up about some music. I'll add it to a playlist and then share that. Y'all... Garrett T. what a pleasure. Go check out his record, People Are Beautiful. Get you a physical copy. They look wonderful. I'm so thankful for Garrett's time and energy. I'm so thankful for each one of you who listens to the show, who supports the show, who continues to interact with us online and in person. I'm just so incredibly grateful. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.